Welcome to Down in the Den. I am your host, Mars, and today we are talking about episode five of WandaVision. So thank you for tuning in, and let's get started. So where to begin with this episode? It was so much to take in, and it was so, so good. I'm stoked. I'm telling you guys, I am super stoked. And when I thought episode four blew my mind beyond compare, Episode 5 comes in and just pimp slaps me into submission. And if this is a taste of what Kevin Feige has in store for us through Phase 4, just take my money, dude. Just just put this content into an IV and just put it directly into my veins because I'm just loving it. So this episode, it puts us back in a familiar territory. We've jumped to the 80s, complete with family ties slash full house intro and music awesome as normal uh, as usual and we see that Wanda and Vision are having difficulties getting their newborns Billy and Tommy to sleep and right on cue Agnes shows up to help Vision even mentions this later on in the episode that whenever they need something Agnes is there so from early on in the episode we see Vision knows something is up and In typical 80s sitcoms tropes, we see the babies tossing their pacifiers when Auntie Agnes comes to the rescue. And she is offering her help. And what is very interesting, what I believe is a super important moment, Agnes reaches for the babies. Vision stops her, freaks out, more like a typical worried parent, not so much as he suspected her of anything. And when he stops her, Atnes stops, breaks character, looks at Wanda for permission to move forward and asks, should she take the scene from the top, showing that she knows a lot more than any other person in the town, maybe even more than Wanda. It almost seemed as Wanda was kind of put of us into a spell and put right back into sitcom mom format. Vision pulls her aside And he's like, dude, did you notice that? And she's like, what? Nothing. She was just confused. And he's like, no, something's wrong. And right when Vision was about to uh, confront her, we see that there's quiet. And he notices that there's quietness. And he noticed that the babies are silent finally. So both of them go to see that their babies are asleep when there's no babies in the actual um, cradle. So from there, we notice that there's no babies and they turn around and we now see that Billy and Tommy are five years old and they've aged up quickly. So with them aging up, they break over to which I'm going to move forward and call the non-hats region. And we cut over to Captain Monica Rambo being examined at S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters. And I think this is going to be the future for the remainder of the show until we get to the last portion where we're going to be going back and forth. So we'll have a nice blend of the sitcom universe, and then we'll have a blend of what's going on in the real universe. So things are getting spicy, and I do believe moving forward, this is going to be the best format. This has been my favorite episode thus far. 
I've said that every week, and every week it holds true. So Ram- Rambo, Monica Rambo, she, Captain Monica Rambo, she's there to give her firsthand impression. She advised of how much pain she felt, grief. She felt violated and confirms that, you know, she was under the spell. She was not there undercover. She did not have her faculties. Once you go into that bubble, you're converted and you're given a personality or almost a role on this fantasy show of Wanda. And one of her examiners, which I think is going to be another important uh, segment, one of her examiners noticed some irregularities in her blood work. Hint, hint. She's becoming photon. I believe that blast, that concentrated blast of the power uh, from Wanda, which is a direct power. If you go back into Affinity War, Vision says clearly your power source is the same as the stone in my head. She's essentially a walking, talking Affinity Stone. And just like the Affinity Stone could activate or give powers to Wanda, give powers to Pietro, give powers to Captain Marvel, give powers to Visions, essentially. It, if you get blasted with a concentrated uh, blast of this energy, I believe this is going to be what gives Monica Rambo her powers. They're slowly developing, but let's keep an eye on that moving on. We know she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2, and we know she's uh, going to eventually take on her superpower role, but I, I think she may have received her powers from Monica. But uh, she says, hey, no more blood work. They ask her to go back to get these irregularities checked out. She says no more blood work. And she gets dressed. And now they're going to a meeting with the rest of SWORD. And from there, they uh, they tell her, hey, they're calling it a hat. It's the Maximoff anomaly. And this answers a lot of questions that we have from the previous four episodes. And Essentially, what the director of SWORD does, he recaps Wanda's life. So even if you haven't watched the MCU since 2008, like myself, they pretty much recap the events of Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And Hedward is quick, director Hedward is quick to deem Wanda a terrorist. Jimmy Woo and Darcy and Monica Rambo, they all came to her defense, and they're still very skeptical that Wanda is the root cause of the hex, as they've been calling it. But we can see the director is is definitely giving me the guy in charge who's really the bad guy vibe. I hope this isn't the case, and I hope this is just a misdirect, because we have seen this trope in about 60% of every action movies where the guy that you trust or the guy who seems like he's asking for help is the one who's actually the dirtbag and the villain all along. But we've already seen this. I mean, we've seen it in Winter Soldier. The whole second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was all about Hydra infecting and infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. So if another agency, and I don't know how new S.W.O.R.D. is, we know that Monica Rambo's mother, Maria Rambo, created S.W.O.R.D. So I'm thinking late 90s maybe or if if Captain Marvel 2 took place in 92 Sword probably was created in the late 90s with Shield being much older so it it would make sense but I I just I don't want another top agency having the head of it being a bad guy it's just it just seems a little too sloppy for me but uh we cut back to the hats and we see Vision is back at work and the whole office now has what appears to be prototype computers, and I'm not sure. They never were clear if Vision created these computers to make them more efficient 
or if the officers received them. But obviously, Vision being a synthetic is a whiz. He sets up Norm with the email. And when Vision opens the email, we see a message from Darcy and Sword, which confirms Vision's suspicions that something is definitely off. And the rest of his co-workers just kind of laugh off the email. But Vision, while zapping the computer, he zaps Norm and instantly Norm wakes up. He's frantic. He's in a panic and he's looking for his phone. He's in pain and he keeps saying we're being controlled by her. Now, keep this in mind. He knows who Vision is. It appears that, well, it doesn't appear. We've confirmed that once you're woken up from this hex or this spell that they're under, you remember everything that went on. We know this because Monica Rambo remembers everything that went on and Norm remembers everything that goes on. And he keeps saying her. And I think that's a misdirect because he didn't say Wanda. He didn't say your wife is doing this. He said her. I think her is going to end up being Agnes. But um, he's so frantic. He's looking for his family, looking for his phone. And Vision zaps him back under the hats to, I don't know, to avoid a scene or just to give him some peace for now. We cut back to the outside of the hats and we see Darby, Wu, and Rambo Rambo discussing the hats. And Wu asks if they've been able to identify the missing children. And Rambo explains that, hey, these are not missing children. These are Wanda's actual kids. She advised everything created in this pocket reality is real. It's not a hallucination. It's not a vision that they're seeing. It's real. And Rombo runs to the lab. She shows her outfit from the 70s, which she's brought back into this reality. And she shoots it with the gun. She takes Wu's gun, pop, 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 shoots it a couple of times. The bullets bounce off. She does a quick analysis and she realizes this outfit is mostly Kevlar, just like the bulletproof vest she's had she had on when she entered the bubble. So we know that everything that goes into that reality not only gets transformed to fit and blend in with the reality, it becomes real. And that just kind of blows Darcy's mind because she's like the type of power she had hallucinations the ability to make you hallucinate or see visions. She had telekinesis and she was a telepath. She did not have reality warping abilities before. So that shows that Wanda is not at the end of episode four. I thought, okay, Wanda's the big bad, but now I'm back on team Mephisto. I do not think Wanda's the big bad. She definitely likes what's going on. She loves having vision back. She loves having a family. So she doesn't want to give this up. That's part of making a deal with the devil. But I still think she's made a deal with the devil. We cut back. uh, Before we cut back, that gives Captain Rambo an idea. She says, hey, everything's converted. But what if we send something that doesn't need to be converted? What if we send something that actually fits in with the time frame and blends in? And her theory is proven correct when she sends an 80 style drone to enter the hats and an opportunity to communicate with Wanda. We cut back to the hats and the twins have found a dog, which after uh, running into a circuit, they named Sparky. And this is directly from the Vision comment where Vision had a synthetic family and dog named Sparky. The twins ask where their father is at. And Wanda's like, oh, he's at work. And the kid's like, it's Saturday. And she's like, no, no, it's Monday. Your father needed a distraction. And the twins ask, 
Is it because of us that he needed distraction from us? And then we get the classic, very special episode talk about, no, sometimes me and your father have disagreements, but he just needs a little bit of time to get back into place. In other words, she just needs to change reality to get vision back in line. And we've noticed that every time he's become suspicious, she either rewinds, erase something, changes the time frame, someone pops in to distract vision from what's really going on. And we see both worlds collide as Sparky barks. Something's out the door. He's scared. Either Billy or Tommy, I can't remember. One says he's scared. And Wanda tells the kids to stay there. Sparky runs out the door. And when she opens the door, the drone is right there. And Captain Rambo is attempting to communicate to her, ask her what's going on. And in typical bad guy fashion, Director Hayward demands they take the shot. This is not something that uh, Monica Rambo wanted, Captain Rambo wanted. She didn't even know that the drone was armed. But once again, typical bad guy fashion, he tells them to take the shot. And what happens next is probably one of the most badass scenes in the series so far. Uh, we hear inside SWORD headquarters that there's been a breach Swart shows up full force at the barrier at, uh, the, of Westview and Wanda, just full angry Wanda, the same one that beat the hell out of Thanos. She shows up with the drone in her hand, tosses it, and she's got her Sokovian accent back and she pretty much tells them, leave her the hell alone. And then to show how powerful she's become, she pretty much with a flick of her hand turns her back and every single soldier or every single sword agent who had their hundreds of guns pointed at him, they turn them on to the director and Monica Rambo. And Monica once again tries to break through and says, Hey, what do you want? We can work this out. And Monica tell Wanda tells her, I have everything I want. There's nothing that you can offer me. Leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. And she's pissed. And you can see the barrier, which was before you could barely even see the barrier. It was just very, uh, very thin. The barrier turns bright red. And I don't know if that's just to indicate that, hey, these walls are more solid. You're not just going to be able to easily go through or it indicates her mood. But I think it's more of her making her barrier a lot more secure to prevent anybody from getting in. There was also a, a scene just to cut back. Um, or go back a little bit where they're theorizing on a safe way to enter this bubble, enter this hex. And they say, hey, if we had something with this material, this material, 10,000 pounds, walking forward, fortress with wheels. And she says, hey, I know a guy. So I think we're going to see another cameo from somebody in the MCU. I'm trying to think of who's a great inventor or famous inventor in the MCU. Normally it would be Robert Downey Jr., but we know it's not going to be him. So I'm curious, but we definitely saw on the previews for episode six, I believe we see a huge tank-like weapon trying to go into the barrier and just bouncing off. So I'm gonna, it's going to be curious to see who this inventor could be, but I, I wouldn't put it past Marvel to put someone who's very important in the MCU. Hell, it might even be Hammer from... Uh, uh, Iron Man 2. He's a weapons creator, so I'm very, very curious to see who this person would be. But um, the twins go 
to after uh, Wanda pretty much tells Sword to, you know, back up or get slapped up. We cut back into the sitcom universe and the kids, the twins and Wanda are searching for Sparky. And they show up at Agnes house and she has them wrapped into. She has Sparky wrapped into a blanket. Sparky got into her azalea bushes, which are tots of the dogs. He ate a bunch of leaves and he died. And instantly we see the kids about to age themselves up. And I think that's by design. I, I think whoever Agnes is working for, whoever Agnes is using Wanda to bring back into this reality, they want the vessel of these two kids and they want them to age up. And it seems like whenever there's stress or something, they age up and Wanda stops it. She's like, hey, no, use this grief. Don't just age yourself up to age yourself up. Use this grief. It's very powerful, which I think are key words. And then they have the little conversation about life or death. And this is formatted. I've read some other reviews and listened to other people where they say, oh, well, the sitcom part wasn't as funny. Well, this was, as the title of the episode, a very special episode. And anyone who grew up in the 80s and 90s and who are familiar with sitcoms, there was always a special episode Either that was more serious, that wasn't built just for laugh. Uh, from Moesha getting a date rape drug put into her drink to Eddie Winslow being attacked by uh, cops and being racially profiled to Fresh Prince uh, being racially profiled. It, this is a common trope in sitcoms. We have a very special episode where the actors get to show their acting chops and they have more serious. So this was it. You know, this is her episode talking about, hey, something. And it was also very meta. She was kind of giving you the rules of the world. The kids already know. The twins already know she has powers. They already know that she can do things. And they're like, Mom, you can do anything. Bring bring them back. Bring back Sparky. And we hear Agnes, you can do that. Kind of her interest is Pete, which shows me they're definitely trying to bring someone into this universe that... That is gone. I don't know if it's Grim Reaper. I don't know if it's Mephisto. Could be Nightmare. But there, there's definitely something interested. And, and I'm sure in this world, since she knows what's going on, she's tried to bring back Quiltsilver. She brought back Vision, of course, which he can do because does Vision have a soul? Well, probably not. He's a synthesoid. But we also know that she's not only lost Quicksilver, her brother, she was friends with Black Widow. Hell, even Tony Stark. So I'm sure she tried to bring back everyone she could in this universe. But dead is dead. Uh, this is big because we know that if we see Tony Stark again, it will not be our Tony Stark. Dead is dead. They've established that. They've also opened the door for some other things that I'll, I'll touch on later. Ironically, as the twins say bring him back, Vision, the guy who she actually did bring back, shows up to console his sons and he finds out that Sparky's dead. We then cut into the kitchen. Vision's washing his hands. He talks about getting a dog and burying one in the same day. And then he lets Wanda know, hey, I spoke with Norm, the real Norm. I know what's going on and we need to talk about it. And Wanda says, well, things move fast in the suburbs and tries to ignore it. And he's like, no, you can't control me. And Wanda 
cold and and kind of very cocky. She's like, oh, can I? In other words, I don't want to talk about this. And she attempts to roll the credits on vision in mid conversation. It was awesome. And uh, if you've ever been married, you've probably had an argument that your wife has tried to just end it uh, easily. It's out. This is over. So that's what she essentially tried to do. And so awesome. It's so meta. Vision talks right through the credits. He's like, no, you're not going to roll the credits. You're not going to tell me to watch TV. You're not going to say, let's go to bed. And when I wake up, reality has changed. This shows Vision has known and noticed what's going on from the very beginning. And he even says, I thought this was something you were doing subconsciously, but now I'm not so sure. And she kind of has a breakdown, a heart to heart. And she's like, do you think I have the power to do all this? I can control everyone, tell them when to go to a dentist appointment, walk their dogs. Vision even asks, hey, where's all the other kids? I go to work every morning. And I don't see any other children, which I think is going to come into play as well. And then we hear a knock at the door. And Wanda State said, hey, I didn't do this. And Vision says, I can't believe you anymore. I really don't believe you because this I, I just can't go with statistics. Everything's wrong in this universe. And Wanda goes to the door. We see her face drop. And we see the slow cutaway. We see the back of what's clearly Quicksilver's famous gray hair. But when they show his face, freaking Evan Peters Quicksilver from the Fox Mutant X-Men universe. But she doesn't recognize him. And then he says, hey, can a long lost brother get a hug from his sister? She then states Pietro and hugs him. But if you look at her face, she's super confused. And he sees Vision and then asks... Who's that popsicle? We cut to outside of the hats. We see a shot Darby saying, oh, my God, she recast her brother. Super meta cut to credits. Now, that was awesome. That was a very, very, very awesome episode. And we knew I wish it hadn't leaked. And I'm all a fan of spoilers. Hell, this show, we do spoilers all the time. But I really wish it hadn't leaked that Evan Peters had been in the show, because even though my mind was still blown, if this had came as a complete shock and surprise, I probably would have had an aneurysm right there. So now, if you are listening and you don't want any more spoilers or theories, please turn off the podcast now, because I'm going to talk about a few extra goodies about this show. I watched it. At 3 a.m. when it debuted on uh, Disney Plus, then I got up again at 6 a.m. and and watched it again. So I was a little drowsy, but uh, I still took notes. And there were some fun parts that I'm sure I missed during a recap that I want to discuss and a couple of theories I have and I've kind of touched on. So number one, Wanda is definitely not the big bad. They made a big point to mention her actual powers levels that were simply telekinesis and tele. Uh, uh, being a telepath and being able to materialize real world objects would have to come from a huge power source. Someone is supercharging Wanda's abilities, be it Mephisto, Adnus, a combination, nightmare, something's going on. Number two, we've all suspected it that Adnus is Agatha Harkness, but she's definitely Agatha Harkness. And one thing that I failed to mention in the recap 
when we saw the closed circuit circuit footage of Wanda breaking into Swartz headquarters and stealing Vision's disassembled body, I'm pretty sure, if I recall, they said this happened nine days after the battle at uh, the Avengers uh, facility uh, with Thanos. I believe we're going to get a flashback scene, and we know for a fact that this was either shot or plan but eventually because it was going to be a a prologue to Endgame and and they decided to cut it I believe that footage is going to be repurposed for this show or at least the idea for that footage is going to be repurposed for this show and I believe we're going to have a flashback scene with Wanda meeting Atnes in the real world finding out uh that Vision is located at the S.W.O.R.D. headquarters and that they plan on using him as a weapon, which we know from his living will that is something that he did not want. And she broke in there, just gangster and stole the whole body. And I'm sure S.W.O.R.D. was somehow trying to create super vision robots to help protect in the case of another evasion from an alien species. So I definitely feel that uh, that is going to come into play and that Agnes is not only in on this, but Agnes instigated this for whoever her master is or whoever her husband, maybe it's Ralph. Who could it be? Um, the big cameo we've heard over the news and sites the last couple of days that there's going to be a Luke Skywalker level cameo. We know it's not Evan Peters. I don't think anybody would be that hyped over Evan Peters. We also heard that Doctor Strange would uh, be featured in at least the last episode, maybe even a couple episodes. So I don't think that's a surprise. So if we're going to talk about a huge surprise, uh, I have three possible candidates that make sense to me. Number one, either Ian McKellen or Michael Fassbender's Magneto. I would prefer Fassbender, even though I think Ian McKellen did a great job. I just think he's too old and for the commitment that they need for the next five or 10 years of this next phase, uh, you know, Matt Nito is a character that they're not going to want and done. And I don't think moving forward in phase four, we're going to see a lot of one and done villains before. Uh, if you look at the early Marvel movies, you go back to Iron Man, Iron Monger, one shot. He was done. He was killed at the end of the movie, even though he could have been brought back and, and I think it would have been great seeing him back. Jeff Bridges is a fantastic actor. Uh, I love him, the dude. Uh, get better, by the way. Um, we look at Iron Man 2. Uh, Ivan Vankoff, I believe his name, but uh, Mickey Rort's character, one and done, killed, although they did uh, arrest Hammer, Justin Hammer. He was not killed, and we know We've seen him back in one of the Marvel shorts, and I believe he's going to show back up in, in maybe Armor Wars or another one of those shows. So they were able to keep him a credible Hulk, Abomination. We know that they have plans for him to return to She-Hulk, so they kept him around. But then you had a lot of one-and-done villains like the Dark Elf and Thor 2. Um, lots of one-and-done villains. Uh, Ronan, even though they were able to bring him back, Ronan, the accuser and guardians of the galaxy, they were able to bring him back, Captain Marvel in the small role. But for the most part, the first three phases 
most of the villains were one and done. But I believe now with so many avenues and so many ways to cross pollinate, you don't just have to do two movies a year or three movies a year. Moving forward, we'll probably have four movies a year and maybe four TV shows a year from Disney+. Plus. So we have eight uh avenues for the MCU as opposed to two when it first started. Maybe even more. I believe this year we may even have 10 uh, Marvel shows and movies coming out potentially. So I I don't think villains are going to be just killed off anymore. I think we're going to see a lot of them being arrested or put aside and they hire great actors. (laughs) It's great to have these actors come back. So I believe this big cameo is either going to be Michael Fassbender or Ian McKellen's Matt Nito. I'm hoping for Michael Fassbender because I would love, he's a fantastic actor and I would love to see him come around. He brings great gravitas to the role. Um, I believe that if it's not going to be Michael Fassbender or Ian McKellen's Matt Nito, that it may be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And how perfect in a show that breaks the fourth wall than to bring a character that breaks the fourth wall all the time. And would really be like, whoa, what's going on? I'm in the MCU now and what's going on? I think that's definitely a possibility. We know Ryan Reynolds signed the most massive contract in Marvel history. I don't think it's massive just as far as pay because we know Robert Downey has some pretty huge checks, but I think it's massive as just appearances. So I could certainly see at, at some in credits with after everything's said and done, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool character just walking through a hexagon coming out being like, oh crap, what's going on? And, and setting up his movie and and, and that's so meta and so awesome. So I think that's definitely a possibility. And then the third person that I think could be a possible surprise cameo that would shock the world is Sir Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Um, now, he mentioned earlier in an interview, maybe a year ago, maybe even two years ago, but he said that he had conversations with Kevin Feige. But the way that they ended his character in uh, Logan that he really would not want to come back and ruin that. But Money Talks and Kevin Feige is very, very smart, and he's a comic nerd like the rest of us. So I'm certain he could convince a way that, hey, the way that we're doing this, it will have no hindrance on that Professor X, but more of a alternate universe Professor X. So that's who I think the cameo is. But um, what do you guys think? Click subscribe. Share the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, This show is getting yummier and yummier every week, and I can't wait to see how it ends. And I'll be back next week interviewing, uh, talking about episode six. And until then, thank you for listening to Hashtag D-I-T-T Down in the Den. And as always, you know what I'm going to say. As always, deuces.